Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. All right, good evening, Kodo listeners, and welcome back to another installment of Off the Record. I'm your host this evening, Gavin McGough, and this week we are talking all things STEM education with the Pinhead Institute. Um, So actually every year high schoolers from across our region who are interested in studying science, technology, engineering, and math Uh, or one of those, or a field under one of those categories, can apply for an internship through the Pinhead Institute here in Telluride. And those who are selected are able to travel and learn on location from a mentor in whatever field uh, they're passionate about. So tonight we have the ability to talk uh, with some of these students. um, And I will get on to the intros of uh, the folks who are joining me tonight Mm -hmm. in the studio. First up, um, we've got uh, Owen Doyle. Owen, do you want to just say hello um, so listeners can know which voice is yours? <laughs> hey, I'm Owen Doyle. I'm a senior here at Tuyard High School. Yeah, and Owen uh, traveled to Durango to study architectural engineering. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Very cool. We also are joined um, by Sarah Holbrook, who is the executive director of the Pinhead Institute. Um, Sarah, do you want to give a hello? Yeah, hey, hello, Coda listeners. Maybe you've heard me before on the radio. I don't know, but here I am, the head pinhead, Sarah Holbrook. Um, and if you've heard her before, you would never forget, <laughs> because who could? Uh, give us a call. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Our number, uh, as always, is 970-728-4333. If you have questions, um, if you have uh, your own STEM quandary. Um, We're probably not going to be able to solve it. We might not. If you have a question about architectural engineering, we have an expert. Yeah. Um, Total expert after six expert. weeks. A little more than six weeks on the job. Absolutely. 100%. So, so drop us a line and uh, maybe we can get some of the pinhead uh, students is. to call in um, as well. Yeah. I think we might be joined by some others in studio throughout the hour. Exactly, Um, because it's very dynamic. Very dynamic, as STEM education can be. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Sarah, before we dive in, uh, how was my summary of the internship program? What else can you tell us about the internship? Yeah, so it's been going on for 21 years. It was one of the two programs that started Pinhead, the other being SITS, Scholars in the Schools, where working STEM professionals go into different area schools and talk about a life in their field of STEM um, and educational pathways therein. Uh, But this program is the internship program. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, And we've been, you know, we've been sending kids off to do about, on average, six weeks of internships um, elsewhere. We feel like it's a great experience for the kids so they know what they want to study when they go off to college and also maybe what they don't want to study. Um, And... uh, we also feel like there are smart kids that live everywhere, right? I mean, we all probably know a lot of smart kids in Telluride, but there are equally smart kids in Nucla or Norwood or Olathe or Montrose or Dolores or Cortez or Ridgeway or Ure, all the other areas that we serve. Paradox, uh, Natarita. And, um, and sometimes because they have been kind of captivated by and you know captive of their own particular cultures and small towns and maybe not financially able to travel like some of the kids do um they might not know what it is like to live in a different place a different culture a different size of town a different community um and so we feel like this uh internship is super valuable especially to those who have not traveled much to give them a sense of belonging you know so that if they can you know if you can make it here i'll make it anywhere that's my little new york broadway show <laughs> Turns tunes uh, voice I just had just there, but my point is, if you can make it for six weeks somewhere else, you then maybe have the, you know the commitment that you can make it for four years at a four-year college elsewhere. Six years is a long time for six a lot weeks. Of hi- sorry, six, six weeks is a lot of yeah. time for a lot of high schoolers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So that um, is the average actual time frame for an internship. 
Oh, and it has been for the last 21 years. We actually did, one of our interns last summer did a big um, statistical analysis of all of our interns and found that on average they were gone for six weeks because some are gone for eight, some are gone for four, some are gone for two, some are gone for ten. You know what that's like. Math averages out. Uh, yeah, so it's on average six weeks, and we feel like that really gives them a sense kind of of ownership and understanding of where their place is in the world, which is pretty exciting. And I know Pinhead does a lot with kind of a range, uh, a broad age range. Mm -hmm. uh, does a lot of different programming mm -hmm. um, uh, around STEM education. What do you think the internship um, brings to the identity of Pinhead, or how do you think uh, the internship is a special program or a unique program for Pinhead? Well, for one thing, it's the only program that I run. You know, I'm the executive director of all of Pinhead, right? So I do mainly fundraising, and I help figure out what the programming is, and I definitely do the hiring of the staff. But then this is the program that I run by myself on my own. Um, and that's partly... <laughs> Mainly because I'm a pushy former New Yorker who knows how to ask people to do things for us, right? And I also truly believe in what I'm doing, so it makes it really easy. It's not like I would not believe in what I was doing if I was teaching first Lego League Robotics or something like that, which I think is maybe equally value, but for younger kids. But this does kind of take a pretty sweet spot to be able to call random professors up and say, hey, we have a great kid who wants to study in your field, and then call host families up or rental agents and say, yeah, yeah, we want you to take a 17-year-old you don't know into your house. Um, and then to kind of lay out an educational pathway for the interns themselves, um, where they have to do some pre-study before they head off on their internships. They have to do, how many weeks was it, guys? Was it like six weeks in advance? A little training period where you learn about Excel and emails and a little computer programming for those who don't know any, um, so that they're more valuable when they get to their work experience or they have a little more under their belt. So they have to show up for that. They have to email me back within 24 hours. They have to text me back within three hours of reading my text after school is out. Um, there's a lot of have-tos, right? A lot of expectations, but too much is given, much is expected. Um, and then in the summer, they have to outperform their duties as interns and then also blog about it each week. So all of us um, who are community members, families, friends, supporters can read about what the kids are doing. And then they have to come back and first present to their um, high school classmates who are juniors who are considering. And then that's all leading up to the big intern presentations next Tuesday night. September 27th at the historic uh, Sheridan Opera House um, in Telluride, Colorado, where all the kids from all the towns where we work are coming in to present all afternoon and all evening, and that's why we're all here. Right, and that's in real time, listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to hear more uh, next week of the Sheridan, there yeah, is an opportunity live. to do so. Yeah, and um, Facebook Live, too. We'll be streaming at Facebook Live if you're one of the people who has Facebook. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, I guess let's dive in. We actually have another guest already in the studio, uh, John Kumiali. John Kumiali, that's right, yeah. Um, all right, welcome. And you uh, traveled to Dartmouth, is that correct, to study yes. computer science? Of course, yeah, it was super fun. Cool. Um, yeah, so if both of you uh, would like to give, I don't know, a little summary of like where you went and what you saw um, and how you came to the Pinhead program, that would be... A great place to start. Yeah, John, why don't you start? Because you not only did the internship, but you've also been our co-captain of our uh, First Tech Challenge robotics team. Basically, I told all the juniors and tell you, right, if you're already participating in First Tech Challenge, you're basically guaranteed <laughs> a spot as a pinhead intern. Not because we favor you more, but because that shows the attributes of what we're looking for in a pinhead intern, which is to say somebody who loves learning, loves education, loves furthering themselves in the field of STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, and math. So, John, why don't you go first, talk a little bit about your experience with pinhead. Amazing, thank you. Um, when I first moved to Telluride, I was looking for things to do, and I realized that there was a robotics team organized by Pinhead, and it was the first year that we were doing it um, with the first tech challenge, which is just building robots according to different challenges and taking it um, usually to Denver or Grand Junction, competing against other teams. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So as a freshman, I just learned a little bit of coding, a little bit of building, and I just fell in love with robotics in general. Um, and at the same time, I was learning coding in school, so it just really went hand in hand. And as soon as I started doing FCC with Pinhead, my relationship with Pinhead really just skyrocketed. I mean, I started doing a bunch of stuff because I realized just how many opportunities were being offered by one organization in such a small town, which I was super grateful for. Um, Ooh, keep talking, John. Oh, I yeah. like what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started with robotics, and then um, 
And then I just kept volunteering and helping out because, let's see, so after robotics, I did a lot of the science cocktail evenings, and mm -hmm. I went to the presentations, and I just loved helping out because you'd get to meet so many cool people and talk about what they did. And I just remember myself being, you know, a freshman and a sophomore looking up to the kids who did the pintern present or the pinternships and just talking about all the stuff that they did, and I, like, looked up to them, and I was super impressed. Um, and then come, you know, summer of junior year going into senior year, I ended up going to Dartmouth and working with uh, just this, this new company out of one of the labs at Dartmouth, and I learned about, a lot about computer science, so yeah. it was a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And Owen, your path was slightly different. Talk a little bit about how you knew about Pinhead. You can mention all the presentations we've done in your mom's classroom if you like. She has been such a great collaborator. And then also talk a little bit about what you did this summer. Yeah, for sure. So. Every year my mom in her classroom helps Sarah and the rest of the Pinterns have a chance to present their internships to the junior class so that they can get like intrigued and excited and like have a chance to apply to the program next year. So I've always had it in my life and um, my friend Michael or my best friend Michael did it last year and that's how I really like learned about like the Pintern program. and. Mm -hmm. He, I, I went to the opera house and I saw the presentation and I was like, man, that, that looks awesome. Like, I would love to have the opportunity to like dive deeper into any STEM field that I have interest in. So I applied to the program and I got in and I ended up uh, going down to Durango and I uh, worked at a firm down there called ME&E that does uh, local architectural engineering work. So like mechanical, plumbing, and um, electrical work. Um, yeah, so I just drafted a bunch of systems over the summer, learned a lot about the inner workings of a building and how you kind of like make a space and like make everything run smoothly. So yeah, it was really I, fun. I just saw his um, intern presentation today and all the slides were kind of amazing and I, you know, mind blowing to see all the different things that he was charting in, for example, like a school building that needed to be renovated, how you have to take out all this HVAC stuff and put in new stuff. And you said that HVAC was one of four uh, engineering principles that you needed to pay attention to in a building like a school? Yeah, yeah. So, so the four disciplines were mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and special systems. So like mechanical being like the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning of a building. Electrical being like lighting and like- Plugs. Outlets and plugs mm -hmm. and everything like that. And like taking into account all the equipment in a room so that you don't like overload a building or like catch something on fire. And then plumbing being like how you flow water, whether it be to, you know, like the toilet or your sink or whatever. And then also special systems being like, um, interlocking uh, or like door locks or like key cards or whatever you need to like keep a school like secure. So can you come join my Burning so. Man camp next year and help us build a city out of nothing? Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like you know a lot about that kind of, all those kinds of systems now. I do. Yeah. Do yeah. you think you're going to want to follow up on engineering? Do you think you're going to want to pursue that as part of your education? Um, I've thought about it. The focus. <clears throat> I'm not sure on the mechanical side of things, but I, I think electrical engineering really intrigued my interest. So mm -hmm. it, it's harder to like follow that up in an internship without like a degree in electrical mm -hmm. engineering. Sure. So it's like harder for me to get deeper into that topic without like having a degree or like knowing a lot about it but it, it definitely piqued my interest so yeah if, what if was I'm, your oh, sorry go ahead what was your um day-to-day -day work like and how did you get connected with uh, the firm in Durango ah. um so a local uh yeah. woman who used to work for Pinhead or started, she started Pinhead. Pinhead. Yeah, she started Pinhead. Yeah, her name founder. is Nana, Nana Nesbitt and her husband runs this firm down in Durango so we made the connection there and then cool. when I was in Durango, I was, I was mainly like working at a, at a desk on an online uh, like 3D software called Revit that like you can put and blueprints onto. And did like, you learn a little bit of that software before you started yeah, your yeah, internship? Yeah. yeah, and we provided you with a laptop for the duration, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And we also did with John Me too, as yep. well. Yeah, yeah. So we don't let anything stand in the way of our kids at least trying to be successful, <laughs> including getting them the equipment that they need for the terms of their internship over the summer. Um, and um, where were you 
how did you find like a place to stay in Durango? How did my, that work? My out? sister lives in Durango, so oh, she nice. had a house down there. Yeah. So you got to spend your summer with your sister. Yep. Yep. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And that used to be the way we would do it. We would try to find host families or relatives, and always relatives are the best choice because it's nice for them to be able to take in somebody who's related to them, who knows them, who they can say like, "Hey, here's the house rules to." Um, but more and more we're finding that host families are not really available for our teenagers. Let me know if you're listening and you do want to be a host family in a major university town. But I think um, housing is housing was supremely difficult this summer. Really, really more difficult than ever before, in part because of COVID, in part because inflation, and, and also because all the students were back on campus for the first time sometimes in two years or so. And so there were almost no sublets to be had. So I think this year we're going to take it head on by renting like five bedroom houses in San Diego and five bedroom houses in Santa Barbara and sending kids off majorly to those cities as well as to Boulder and Stillwater, Oklahoma and some of the other places that we send kids to over and over again. Just being proactive in terms of housing because we're a tiny nonprofit with barely like a half a million dollar a year annual budget and we spend about half of that on the internships so we really do try to be economical but it just doesn't make sense at the end of the day if we don't know where we're going to be sending kids to live, even though we've got these great internships worked out. Um, John, you had a, um, a rental situation where you yeah. were near Dartmouth, right? Yeah, so um, we sublet an apartment for me, and I got to hang out with three three yeah, three yeah other grad students from Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all 23-year-olds, and it was oh, just... Oh, wow, how'd you keep up with them? It was, it was <laughs> such a blast. They're not supposed to keep up with it the 23-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... Um, no, grad, grad students are hard workers. I'm they, sure they, they were very much the hard workers, studied, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'd, um, they'd, they'd come home like relatively late and just straight from work. But every once in a while, we'd all play video games together. We'd sit down on the couch. We had a huge TV and play Nintendo Switch, which was rad. Um, That's and, okay. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Very acceptable. <laughs> um, and, and it was great because all of these people were a lot like me, just a little bit older. So they were very interested in STEM. Um, actually, one of them worked on stem cell research, which was really cool. So, like, figuring out mutations and, like, artificial parts of the bodies created through, like, natural stem cells, which is insane. Wow, which is that's super fun. nuts. Yeah. yeah. So that's did cool. you, um, what was your uh, company called that you were working with and what was that work like? Totally. So I worked with Percy Health App and hmm. it's this company or it's this startup that is focused on tracking symptoms um, in order to diagnose chronic diseases and also track appointments. So just kind of like just a health app, making sure that you have the resources necessary to take care of um, what you need. And we had five people on the team. Four, so four of them, not in, yeah, so the other four were grad students from Dartmouth and they were all working on their own grad projects. Um, and we each had different roles, so we had two software developers, so I was one of them, and the other one was Laurel Dernbick. She worked a lot on what was the back end, so a lot of the database handling, and I worked on the front end, so I coded. So when you open up the app, it is not released yet, but when you do, a lot of the front page is what I worked on. Wow, so, so you're doing real work. Yes, no, it was it was. It a sounds lot of like you work. both were doing pretty, they put you to work at these places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess that's good, I guess that's what you want. Yeah, and we try to make sure that the kids are ready for it. Like, I don't think I would have sent John to Dartmouth to actually work on an actual app if he had not already taken all the AP um, computer science classes he could in our school offers, too. And then also, kind of ironically, given the name, he was the head of the Girls Who Code chapter because nobody else would step up, you know, who was female and identifying. And so John did it for a, a while, right? Absolutely. I also had background with coding from the FCC robotics team, yeah. which was a lot of where it rooted from, um, yeah. just learning how to work. Um, on software development with mechanical parts in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't need the kids to be computer science geniuses in order to send them <laughs> off to do internships, but we do need them to show computer science affirmation and understanding and self-taughtedness. Is that a word? Um, before we're going to send them off to do a computer science right. internship, we could do data science or have them kind of do and data analysis, but we aren't going to put a kid in a situation that he or she is not able to thrive in. I think a lot of it is determination and passion as well because a lot of the free time that I had, I spent learning more about what I needed to do um, because it wasn't easy and I had to put a lot of extra time into it just to keep up with the team. Mm-hmm. So. It's also STEM is a very broad field and you have students who you know are super passionate about like astrophysics or even yeah. conservation marine biology things like that mm-hmm. um, so that's cool to see as well that there's a, a great diversity of um, you know people working in the STEM field I was not a STEM student 
but actually when you run this board the soundboard is called engineering uh-huh. Yay. um so, so now you're like, an engineer gavin the engineer so, uh, of everybody in the room i'm actually the engineer right yeah. now yeah of um, everyone in the room you are indeed not, the engineer yes. but own is close behind like, he's a close second let's remember well, to mention- we could switch we could switch seats and then it would be official <laughs> yeah for sure um let's remember to mention every five or ten minutes that the pintern presentations are coming up next uh tuesday september 27th the afternoon session is from 3.30 to 5.30, and then the evening session is from like 6.45 till 8.30 or so with refreshments from 5.30 to 6.30. And if you are the parent of a potential intern, those are kids who are junior year students, um, please attend either or both if you'd like. If you're an, a kid who's interested in, in in applying and you're a junior, please try to attend both. Um, and if you're a current intern, and hopefully some of them are listening, do attend both because it's nice for you to support and um, and uplift your your um your collaborators you know your teammates as it were so we expect all the interns to be there for the afternoon and the evening session and then of course it's free and open to the community and it's fun for you just to dip in and out like stay for 15 minutes and hear three different presentations on amazing things that kids did in biology and chemistry and marine biology or in computer science or in engineering there's a lot of diversity of what the kids did this year um and so i encourage anyone who's listening if they can to attend the 27th at the Opera House in Telluride, Colorado. If you can't attend in person, we are live streaming it on Facebook. So find somebody who has a, um, a Facebook account and watch it with them. All right. Yeah. Um, John, I would love to hear what uh, what was it like to travel for this? Um, and had you, had you had an experience like that before where you were away from Colorado for such a long period of time? Totally, yeah. So, and you might have to sit on that because uh, looks like there's a looks collar. Like have a collar. There's a collar. Yeah, and given this is a call-in show, we have to respect yeah, the exactly. phone line when it comes through. Yeah. Um, hello. Tell them you're are on the you, air. Are you interested in being on Kodo? I can connect you. Sometimes right, they call in to say that they found keys, which isn't necessarily the appropriate time. Yeah. Oh. Our engineer is heavy at work. Hello? Huh. Hopefully if they're listening and it's been disconnected, they can call back. I've asked a couple current and former Pinterns to call in and talk a little bit about what they did. Hmm. I do hear a little buzz like it's going to happen. I'm going to read some of the things of where the kids went while you're trying that. Colorado School of Mines, Engineering, UC Santa Barbara, Reef, Marine Biology, CU Boulder, Criminology, World Asteroid Day, Astrophysics, Luxembourg, UC Santa Barbara, Reef, Marine Biology. Uh, going on, Fraser Rehab and Neuroscience Center, that's Spinal Cord Injury Research, Scripps Research Institute, Organic Chemistry, Tall Tree Summer Program, Autism Hello. Spectrum, and Psychology. Private practice, New Hampshire, small and large animal veterinary. That's Gavin's mom's practice. Oh, Ben's here to help. Ben, can yeah. you help us? Um, I'm going to keep reading. Scripps Research Institute, Neuroscience and Metabolism, Colorado School of Mines, Engineering, LASP, University of Colorado Boulder, Aerospace Engineering, Technion, Tel Aviv, Medicine. This is the first time they'd taken a high schooler in what was normally a college um, internship program. University of Utah, Environmental Engineering, Dartmouth College. That's you, John. Oh, what? Computer Science. Uh, Scripps Research Institute, Neuroscience and Metabolism, Tribeca Film Festival, Virtual Reality, and kind of like animation a little bit too, CU Boulder, Engineering, um, Oklahoma State University, Aerospace Engineering, Fort Lewis College, Geology, Oklahoma State University, Aerospace Engineering, University of Houston, Chemistry, UC San Diego, Biochemistry, um, ME&E Engineering, Durango, that's you, Owen. Architectural Engineering, LASP, All University right. of Colorado. All right, is our caller Boulder. connected? Oh, is our caller connected? Hi. Oh, you are still here. Oh, wonderful. Who is it? It's Maddie. Hi, Sarah. Do you know Can Maddie, you still Sarah? Hear me? Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. She was are one you of a her... former intern? Yes. I am a former intern from a while back. Oh, wonderful. Fill us in on what your experience uh, was and has been since uh, being an intern with Pinhead. Sure. I'll try to be brief. Um, I think I was, if I'm calculating right, I think it was a 2015 summer intern. Um, and 
I feel I was super fortunate. Sarah connected me with Dr. Jihana Bayumi in the Rodham Institute, who is out of the um, George Washington Hospital and uh, George Washington University Medical School out in Washington, D.C. And I was there, I think it was five or six weeks. This was some years ago, as you can imagine. And it was really an amazing experience. I got to both shatter Dr. Elbayumi in the clinic, in the hospital, um, and with her organization, which is dedicated towards health equity, um, which I think is something that's a really important facet of STEM that isn't always talked about, is thinking about how we can bring more equity and conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion into STEM, um, because it is, uh, we need that in uh, STEM to be more innovative, I guess, STEAM as well. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll stop my rant. But <laughs> no, I really love the rant. Away. Also, tell us what you're doing now, Maddie. Yeah, well, okay. I guess in the since then, then I went. So I did Pinhead. Obviously, changed the way I want to practice medicine. I graduated in 2016 from Telluride High School. I attended Colorado College for four years and did a degree in molecular and cellular biology, which you can do from a liberal arts school. Turns mm-hmm. out. Um, I did research uh, both at Colorado College internationally when I did study abroad. And at U Anschutz, while I was an undergrad, I spent um, two years at the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, working at the National Institute of Arthritis, Musculoskeletal, and Skin Diseases um, in translational immunology, which is a bunch of really big words. Yes, it is. And I'm now just started um, medical school at the University of California, San Diego. So you can get there. It might be long, but you can get there. (laughs) And what do you think your internship brought to your, you know, kind of educational background and pathway that that wouldn't have been there had you not done your internship? Yeah, I mean, when I was at the NIH, I was pretty close to DCOs just outside in Bethesda, and I still utilized Dr. Albayumi as a mentor. I met with her right before I left. Um, I spoke with her throughout my, before, uh, when I was in college, about thinking about applying to the NIH and what next steps I should take after I graduated. Um, I spoke with her when I was applying to medical school and when I had the fortune to make a decision as to where to go, I asked for advice and really used her as a mentor. Um, And I think it also really prepared me, like doing that level of work and having that experience also shaped the way that I um, sought out experiences, both clinical opportunities and other opportunities in following years, both in undergrad and in my postdoc years. And was that um, something you learned? Was that something you learned from being an intern and then being welcomed to ask questions and ask for opportunities when you were with the Rodham Institute? Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, like, from my work, I think, directly with the Rodham Institute, I was also aware of health inequities that exist in D.C. So um, just as, like, in the two years that I was there, I also started a nonprofit with some other like-minded people, kind of focused on that same um, area of interest in improving health equity in the D.C. area. Um, and that, I think, is a direct product of my internship all the way back in high school. Um, and, like, we work with the Rodham Institute pretty closely as well. Hi, it's John here. So it was this very amazing. influential in my trajectory, for sure. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I just had a quick question. What advice would you give to yeah. intern alumni? <laughs> intern alumni, I would say if you had a good mentor, even if they aren't necessarily in the field that you're interested in, and especially if they are, stay in touch with them. Like, I got recommendation letters from Dr. Albayumi um, that were really instrumental, and also just one-on-one personal advice, um, which was huge. I would say also, like you said, like, being really passionate, keep it up. Um, things, obviously, high school is challenging, uh, but it becomes more challenging as you matriculate through, and so just keeping, even if you aren't exactly sure what you want to do, um, pursue your interests really in depth, um, whether that be directly related to your academic interests or your hobbies or things that you care about in terms of coming back to the community. I would just say, like, do things that you want to do that bring you joy and bring you intellectual stimulation and don't do things that are just checking off check boxes in a list that you think will help you get into a good school or get into, like, some good program. Like, do things that you're passionate about because that's reflected in your applications if you end up applying to things and people can tell when you do things that are ingenuine to who you are and what you're interested in. Amazing. That's very Thank lengthy, you. but those would be my uh, uh, pieces of advice. 
I think that's such a nice way that you put it, the, th- the things that bring you joy, because I think sometimes do get, kids do get kind of hung up on what brings them passion, and that can be a little bit of a, a you know, a big concrete wall in front of you, like how to get over that, like what yeah. is your passion, but if you just, if it brings you joy, that could end up being your passion, but it could just be something that feels not quite as much like work as the rest of your life, and that's a, a great step forward for any kid thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, I think I think everyone needs both. And I think also sometimes doing things that bring you joy might lead you to what you might be passionate about or might help you bridge the gaps in what you're intellectually interested in um, and things that, like, bring you meaning in your life, even through, like, small interactions. Yeah, and let me um, mention very briefly, if I can, um, your mentor, GGL Bayumi, is a medical doctor who practices in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., and runs the Rodham Institute, and she is coming to Telluride, Colorado, along with her associate, Tracy Bass, and they are going to be doing a panel discussion with Jimena from our own med center after a screening of Color of Care that we're offering the night of October 11th. I think it's going to be at the program room, so first the screening of the documentary called Color of Care, produced by the Oprah Winfrey Network and then also supported by the Smithsonian. That's how we were offered it. And then we're going to have a panel discussion with Gigi in the room and it's going to be moderated by Peter Hessler of The New Yorker who had written an article years ago on rural health. So we thought we could bring him in to ask some uh, thoughtful questions. So isn't that going to be great? Gigi's going to be here in Telluride. I'm so jealous. Okay, for all of you who are listening and those of you who are interns, this is an opportunity that you truly Cannot you miss. Send an email out to all of Miss you. Tracy Bass and Dr. Albumi are truly like the most incredible people you will ever meet. They do so much for their community. You have to go. I'm so mad that I will not be there. Oh. But you'll be at med school in San Diego, so that's a pretty good excuse for why you're going to miss it. But for anyone who's in the Telluride region, please come at around 5 or 5.30. I'm not sure when exactly. Um, at the library, um, October 11th, which is a Tuesday. And Gigi's also going to, and Tracy are also going to be going around to a bunch of schools to talk about public health and health equity. So I'm pretty excited about all of that. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And and I think it's brought them a lot of joy, frankly, to host you and other uh, interns who've come to them over the years. Um, I think it's lovely for them to see how you've grown up and what you've learned and how you've been able to take what they were able to teach you and, and bring it forward. So I think that's been really nice. Maddie, I'm so glad that you called us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for hosting. Thank you for running the Pinterin internship. Obviously, um, it got me where I wanted to go because here I am, which is pretty crazy because I'm just starting out and it seems fake. But um, yeah, Uh, it plays no, no, a large part in my trajectory for sure and my my development. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm not surprised at uh, at all, but I am delighted. All right, thank you so much for calling in, Maddie. Um, Yeah, take care. All right. So and here we, we have some pinterns by the numbers, Gavin. If you wanted to take a look, pinterns by the numbers. Yeah. What? Other, what? Uh, other side. Yeah. Oh, did somebody just hang up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. Two thousand four to or that that was the first class of interns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To twenty twenty one, we have a total of two hundred and sixty seven. Mm-hmm. More now, close More to three hundred. Total internship days uh, is 11,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a lot of internships. It's a lot of internship days. Yeah. Um, oh, a lot of numbers another, crunched. A lot of, oh, another caller coming through. Another caller sure. coming through. Mm-hmm. Hello, you're on air with KOTO. Oh, remind presentations. Carla? Oh, Carla. Oh, one more time. Give us your name. My name's Carla Camacho. Welcome. Hi, Carla. She's one of our current interns. Did a pretty interesting internship this summer. Carla, Carla what have you been up to? Um, recently or during my internship? Your internship. Yes. Tell us about your actual internship, which was a shorter one because it was kind of complicated. Yeah. So I ended up going to New York for the Tribeca Film Festival, and I ended up um, interning interning with a group called emblematic group and they did a project on a virtual reality project on about lyme disease about a woman who had lyme disease and like her life and struggling through it Hmm. so it was stem on stem on stem 
Um, and Carla had come to us interested in animation, and that was a little difficult to get going, and also maybe a little bit off the STEM path. And so we put her on the path of virtual reality, which we felt was in some way augmentative of the whole um, animation experience. Um, and uh, you lived at my lovely mother-in-law's place, right, Carla? <laughs> yeah. Because it's all about family here at Pinhead. Yeah, it was really nice up there. Yeah. And then did you take the subway every day to work? Yeah, I ended up uh, walking about like half a mile to get to the subway and then a half a mile once I got off the subway every day. What was um, virtual reality like? Um, it was really cool because beforehand I had never really um, used a lot of virtual reality. And it was a lot different than I expected because it wasn't like a game or anything. So it was like, I would ex explain it like in an interactive film so you could like go through and like see what she was going through but you could also like touch some of the objects and pick up papers wow and things like that was it more or less surreal than being in manhattan <laughs> <laughs> um probably less real but <laughs> <laughs> but only slightly less real yeah uh and that um that mentor that you were working with on the vr uh, is somebody who's worked with us for a long time now, and she's just started an actual grad program um, with ASU, but in downtown Los Angeles. So it could be for Pinterns who graduated from a four-year college and a kind of a STEM field who want to go on to storytelling, but in the kind of digital realm of virtual reality, um, augmented reality. Um, so that is a resource that I know a little something about if anybody wants to get in touch with me afterwards. I should probably also mention, um, hey, Carla, probably we can say thank you, and I'm so glad that you called in. Is there anything maybe that you wanted to mention in terms of what what potential interns should know about? And then I'll keep plugging the intern presentation night where I will see you in Telluride on September 27th. Yeah, Carla. Um, um, you still with us? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so it was like a really great experience to be able to live on my own and get to like know how to move around because I'm graduating pretty soon. So it's pretty useful to have for when I graduate and go and live on my own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that probably gave you a real, you go to school in Norwood and you live in Nucla. Both of town, both towns are like four or 500 people, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty glad that you were able to just kind of jump into a city of millions. So that was a, that was a nice little change for you, I think. Um, going forward, are you excited by uh, more work in film, or do you feel like you um, learned about any new passions from your internship and are going in a different direction? Um, right now, I'm leaning more towards animation. But when I was there, I got a I got a chance to see like a lot of different career paths, like the virtual realities. Um, downstairs, there was also a game section, so I got to meet some people that were in game design and things like that. So there's a lot of different fields fields that I was able to see. It was really cool, but animation is the one I'm um, trying to go for. Cool. Thanks so much for calling in tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Carla. We'll see you next Tuesday night, uh, September 27th, uh, between 3.30 and 5.30, and again between 6.45 and about 8.30. Um, and thanks for calling in. Um, I also just got a text from a former intern um, who went to Botswana for wildlife biology, uh, my son, Wiley Holbrook. Um, and he says, mention how it doesn't cost anything for families if they can't afford it. So I'm going to, if it's okay with you, Gavin, Go mention... Ahead that we want to make sure that there's no barrier to entry for this internship, right? So we don't charge for application. We don't expect that families will be able to contribute a certain amount, although they're expected to contribute something. But if they're low-income families, like a $5 contribution for them is equivalent to, you know, a four-figure contribution from a family that has more means. Um, we expect the kids to give back a lot in terms of their time. I can see both John and Owen <laughs> nodding very studiously. Oh, yes, we have to give back a lot with regard to our time. Um, but uh, if you can't afford a plane ticket, we buy one for you. If you can't afford the rent of whatever place we're sending you to, we can pay for that. We can pay for food stipends. We can pay for a stipend for your host family um, or rent if you're renting from a you know friend or relative. Um, so we really want to make sure that this is an opportunity that's available for every single kid who's interested in doing it. We can't accept all in 
fact, my board is capping me to 30 interns this next year. So it's going to be pretty competitive. Um, so it really, you know, the preference will go to kids who've exhibited interest in Pinhead. Um, and then, of course, love of STEM and love of learning. Um, for you two who are in the studio, uh, what were some of the most challenging parts, um, either of kind of coming across your uh, STEM interest and STEM passion or actually um, traveling and being on site at your internships? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> uh, most... Yeah, get closer. Yeah, yeah most, most challenging part. Um, I think the most challenging part was getting hit with the reality of being of an actual team doing computer science mm. because in the past I did computer science only for fun and like that was just my main objective um, and it and all of a sudden I was working my team and it hit me that this was professional time that I was using like this is time when I was using my computer science skills for something that was going to be released on the app store and the many clients are going to be using um, so it's just taking it from a hobby to an actual job that was intense for me but really I enjoyed it just the same and it was just a lot of fun I just had to take it a little more seriously oh that's a good way to put it what about you Owen yeah I, w I would just say like being out in the real world and like having to actually like work a job where you have to like you know your time is being put into like these projects that actually matter like <laughs> in school it might like give you a grade but it doesn't affect anyone else but out there like when I was working on things it would affect everyone in my team and the architects and like the people you know, contracting us to design this building. And like, it was just like all my work actually <laughs> finally meant something. And yeah. Yeah. Was, and surreal, I, yeah. Yeah, I do feel like that is one of the values of the internship is not just the work that you do, but the feeling that gets you out of your comfort zone, right? Like you're used to living in your parents' home or whatever home you're in, and you're used to going to school and answering to the teachers who are giving you the things that you need to get done. And then all of a sudden to be in a completely different environment, different city, different house, different location, different commute, different expectations. I think that's all so good for kids. And you guys are so elastic. I mean, you are so capable of you know, contributing and changing and thinking a different way and being so resilient. Like, it's a great time to learn about what you're capable of doing. And I don't think, I think that is one of the best things that we can do for our interns is let them see what they actually can accomplish and expect that they can do it. And that was my biggest takeaway from my internship is I never would have thought that I could code the front end of an app. I, I never had it in mind. I went there thinking I was going to do some simple data organizing um, and all of a sudden they gave me a huge role. And now because of that, I'm able to do so much more with what I know. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not the fact that I know that much more. It's that I know that I can get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, Owen, you were talking a little bit about maybe studying a different type of engineering once you go off to college or are you going to start a whole new field? Oh, I don't I don't know yet. I mean, I'm still thinking about it. I, mm. I'd like to wait this year until my AP Physics program gets more into, um, like, elect electricity to, like, mm. really like, feel out if that's what I want to do. But I'm also, like, really enjoying that class right now, so, which I didn't know before. So I might actually go, go to major in physics or, like, a mm. subcategory of physics. But Yeah, it also matters you have a great physics teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what about <laughs> you, John? Does this give you ideas, your internship, for what you might want to do in the future? Absolutely. I think I'm going to stick with computer science. Um, I took physics, AP physics last year with Derek Anger-Bretson, mm. awesome teacher. teacher. Um, and I loved it. So I think I'm looking more like aerospace engineering on the software development side. Mm. So it's a great hybrid of software development and mechanical engineering and physics all in one. So it's just math and computers, yeah. which is fun. I love it. And I should also mention... Um, First of all, how long has it been since I mentioned September 27th, Tuesday, next Tuesday night, also in the afternoon, 3.30 to 5.30 is the first event, and then 6.45 till around 8.30 is the second event, Pintern Presentations. Please attend any or both. It's open and free to the community. We also have a reception from 5.30 to 6.30. Come by, chat with our interns. Please come along. Uh, but the thing I wanted to mention, aside from that, which I need to mention all the time, is that um, we feel like it's a success if you do the program and then you decide, mm, that really isn't the thing I want to study. For example, we had a kid who was super involved in, in the idea that she wanted to be a vet. She had been involved in 4-H and Future Farmers of America, and she was raising steer and swine and dogs and cats. And then she went to do a veterinary internship for six weeks, and she came home and she said, I do not want to be a vet. I want to be able to talk to my patients. And uh, so she went to nursing school. Oh, there's someone else Caller. calling in. Yeah. And we think that's a cr an incredible value, that she didn't apply to a vet school and then decide she wanted to do something else. Hello, you're on the air with Kodo. Hello, this is Wiley. 
Ah, Wiley Holbrook, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. We're doing great. All right, Wiley, I know for a fact you're a former intern and uh, have an intimate knowledge of the program, so what can you tell us? Um, I can tell you that Sarah Holbrook works very hard to make this program um, work. As a journalist, I have to say there might be a, a conflict of interest in our source here. <laughs> there might be a small conflict of interest, but... Um, but the facts are the facts. He's seen it empirically. The facts are the facts. Uh, and um, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm another example of, of how the program can... Um, be successful. I was lucky enough to go to Botswana to study, study conservation. And, as um, and I worked with, with an uh, organization called the Okavango Wilderness Project where we um, map the Okavango Delta and the wildlife there. And how do you feel um, that that has informed kind of like uh, future future plans you have for yourself or even um, post-internship um, interests? Um, well, the, the program works in close contact with the communities in Botswana, and it was a really good... Um, it, it did a really good job of bridging the gap between science and, um, and society, science and... Uh, and the the people that science helped out, and so it, it got a, it gave me a really good perspective of, you know, if you can, um, if you can study and research and do all this like really fancy science stuff, and then come out with people being better off than they were, hmm. that's a win. And so I think that um, bridging the gap there really kind of led me on a path. Now I'm I'm working as an EMT, and that's you know the same thing is you take medicine and you take you take social need and you combine them. Hmm. I like that, Wiley. Thank you for that. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. No, that was a great internship, and I think it also taught him some stuff about expectations versus reality. You know, I think we, we thought maybe he was going to be able to go on the expedition, but then because of his age, he was not, and then he spent a lot of time helping the people get ready for it. But I think, Wiley, you probably felt some pride in having that expedition launched successfully, correct? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And had you ever been to Botswana before? <laughs> uh, we, we actually had, and so oh. we, um, we had some, some friends, but... Um, yeah, it is really that a I web of with. influence, yeah. Yes, uh, and, you know, that's... Um, Sarah does such a good job, you know, <laughs> connecting with... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... Connecting with... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, to fill in the blanks, when he wasn't able to go on the boats because he wasn't old enough to go on the boats, he then stayed with his family friend that we had stayed in touch with, hosted here in Telluride, when that person was coming through the States. Um, and then Wiley ended up being a wildlife guide for a while, which is also incredibly yeah. exciting and interesting. Right, Wiley? Yes, very. What was your favorite animal to see? Uh, I mean, you can't beat the elephants. Botswana has, um, <laughs> I, I think, a a third of the world's elephants. It's yeah. the highest wow. population of elephants in the world. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the statistic. Mm. Call us back once you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Google we, exists, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Birds aren't real, but Google is. <laughs> bird watching and that's goes, what's done. Yeah, yeah, bird watching goes both ways. Um, yeah, Wiley, thank you for calling in. It's great to hear your voice. Have fun as an EMT. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Wiley. Bye, Mom. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, Bye Wiley. Bye, Wiley. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that is a good point. You know, you have to be adaptable if you're going to be an intern. I should be clear, we do not have just, like, 30 spaces for 30 kids, and then we insert, you know, thir kid 12 into internship 23. I mean, it's very one-on-one. -on -one. It's very, uh, you know, it, dependent on what your experience is, what your interests are. Also, what your family is comfortable with. We have a lot of you know, Hispanic American families who really don't want their kids traveling too far. So we try to keep them within a drive rather than a flight. Although we also feel like one of the values that we can give these families is getting your kid
get on a plane if they've never been on before and they really want to. Uh, but we work very much one-on-one with the families and you have to be kind of adaptable. You know, I think when we sent Wiley off, we weren't sure he could not go on the boat. And then when we found out that he couldn't go on the boat um, and he was working to get the uh, expedition ready, we then got in touch with, you know, family friends who could take him and, and he became a wildlife guide, which I think was kind of part of the program as well. Um, but so you really do have to be adaptable and, and also a bit patient, right? John, yours, you, we kind of waited right up to the end for your, not that we waited, but it took us a long time to, to get yours together, correct? It, it really did, yeah. It was, it was all up in the air for a little bit, but as soon as it um, it hit, it was great. It was it was amazing. It was definitely worth the wait. Mm-hmm. And I should just brag for a minute. It's my friend Molly, whose daughter is Carson, who's studying to get her PhD in computer science at Dartmouth, who took <laughs> John to do an internship with her in her group. Um, um, Carson is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all Genius these Genius 23-year-old. Every, everybody yeah. was awesome. Yeah, all these mentors are so, so great and so passionate. And it's so lovely that they all say, yes, I will take an intern and we'll train them up. Um, and as I think I've mentioned before, it comes at no cost to the kids, but it does have a real value. Uh, for one thing, it costs Pinhead $7,500 per student. That's up from about 5000 a few years ago. But the cost of plane flights and housing has increased so tremendously, um, and staff for Pinhead, that we uh, we end up spending $7,500 of Pinhead's money per kid on the internships. The kids don't get that. That's how much it costs our organization to support each individual student. Um, and, um, and the other thing is, like, if you would call a private university and say, I want to send my kid there to do small animal veterinary, I know, for example, for sure, Cornell University had a high school internship program for six weeks that cost $12,800 per kid, and that didn't include um, the flight there. And that was years ago. I mean, that could have been six years ago, I think, because that kid has graduated. She didn't end up going to Cornell. She went to Kansas and had a great time. But this is very much one-on-one, working with the families, trying to figure out what's going to work out best. And it is a little bit last minute sometimes. I think we're trying to institute some changes so that we at least know what the housing is ahead of time, because that that was a real stressor for this year. And so if you're any if your parents listening and it was stressful for your family, I apologize. We kind of got stuck between a rock in a pandemic. Um, so anyhow, I just want to talk a little, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the value of it. And yeah. um, if you feel like supporting us, please get in touch with me. I'm easy to find Sarah at pinheadinstitute.org. It also sounds like it's a kind of a lot of work for all parties, especially you, Sarah, to do all this organizing. But it's, on the other hand, it's kind of very inspiring to see um, that there are always so many paths forward um, and you know, even upon completing an internship, there are so many different places to go with that interest in that learning. Um, and now thinking uh, it's almost a 20 year program. Mm, so mm-hmm. there are going to be people who are high schoolers 20 years ago um, mm-hmm. yeah. who are who were pinterns and that, you know, th- I don't even know how old they would be, but they're yeah. going to be getting into their uh, career. So that's pretty cool yeah. to think about, too. Yeah, 37 to 38. Yeah, we have a 30s. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, mathematicians. Yes, exactly. The mathematicians in the room. The yeah, the guys. engineers, yep. the STEM guys. guys. Yeah, I had coffee a couple of years ago now with a, a former Pintern who'd gone to Dartmouth undergraduate and was getting his master's or his Ph.D. at Stanford um, and was working with an electric vehicle company while at Stanford getting his Ph.D., um, so hopefully he'll make it big and then make a big donation to Pinhead. So, so, as well. <laughs> so for the for the printers in the room, you may have conquered, uh, you know, your internship, but you now must save the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and build contribute EVs. back to Pinhead yeah. for this the rest of your lives, yep. taking interns, etc. <laughs> yeah, we really need to start closing that loop on having the former Pinterns start hosting, mentoring the Pinterns. That so would be great. A quick story: Carson Levine, my mentor, she was actually hosted by another mentor when she was 16, and her mm. mentor was 23 years old, uh. and she learned web development then. And when she started, when she graduated Dartmouth, she knew that she wanted to host somebody. She just didn't know how to get it. Um, how to get in touch with somebody who could send her an intern, and then all of a sudden Sarah Holbrook reached out to her, and it worked perfectly. So now when I'm 23, I'm probably going to host a 16-year-old. Wow, listeners take note. Passing down the torch. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me very happy. Did we mention September 27th, starting at 3.30 in the (laughs) afternoon? Wait, what happens? What happens on September 27th? At the historic Sheridan Opera House, at Pinterin Presentations. Yeah, and it's going to be a great mix of all sorts of kids who've done all sorts of interesting things all around the United States. We didn't have anybody overseas, but in years past we've we seen. Oh, yeah, we, well, did. Right, we, we did. did. Luxembourg. Yeah. Ava went to Luxembourg and well, yeah. somebody went to Tel Aviv, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, Israel. two. We had two, in, yeah, we wow. had two international ones this year. It, 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 
Yeah, exactly. Haley went to Tel Aviv, um, and she actually found that program. It was very interesting. They were open-minded to the idea of taking a high school intern, but it was actually a college internship program that she kind of stumbled upon, and they agreed to allow her in as a high schooler, and I think she did a great job. I saw some very grisly slides today. I finally had to ask her to take them down. I'm like, I can't. My eyeballs are melting. Please take those off. But... Yeah, but she yeah, she did a crazy, really interesting surgical internship. She did not do surgery, but she was a witness to a lot of surgery. Um, and hopefully other kids will be able to do that in the future, given that she, I think, did a great job as a high schooler in that internship program. Uh, but in years past, we've sent kids to do archaeology looking up Viking remains in um, Iceland. Whoa. Yeah, and I think a lot of stuff, in, maybe even in Peru, which is where John's from originally, right, John? The what? Yep. Yeah, we've sent kids to Peru to do, like, plant science and things like that, botany. Um, and Panama, and um, and this year also Luxembourg for World Asteroid Day. Ava was going to join us, but she had a um, she'd just come back from somewhere else, so her timing didn't work out so well. But um, but yeah, we do occasionally send kids off. I will say it is not a traveling program; it's an education program because I first and foremost want kids who want to learn, not kids who want to travel to exotic locations. Having said that, we do occasionally send kids to exotic locations, and that's just fine with us. And we love the idea of exposing kids to places elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did you like? Did you find Dartmouth was an exotic location for you? I I think it was exotic for what I knew. Yeah. Um, I I mean it was it was just amazing. I'd never been somewhere so hot, but like so calming at the same time. It was insane. Yeah, D- uh, Gavin, isn't that kind of near where you're from? Hot and calming. I know. I'd never heard Dartmouth <laughs> never. described like that. It was never. Yeah. It was it was such a hot <laughs> summer. I swear I'd, I'd get home and it was like 87 out and I was not used to it and I was just mm. sweating. Advice was, to interns: Don't complain about the heat to your host families or mentors. They live there 365 <laughs> days a year. They do not need to hear about your weather concerns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually am from uh, New Hampshire, right near Hanover. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. yeah. It gets really hot, and then it also gets really cold. Yeah. So. Oh, Gavin, yeah. do you want to talk about your mother's experience? Yeah, should we have my mother call in? Um, <laughs> uh, well, given given that she's on the East Coast, and it is now 9 p.m., I'm sure she's in bed, or else I'm, she would be able to call. Um, I'm kidding, just probably a little early, but still. Um, <laughs> she's probably listening. She, she did host uh, an intern from Montrose, um, and is a veterinarian, and yeah, I think was uh, has some young um, like workers at her practice who were super happy to have like some high school energy. Um, and we also live with cows, so um, it was great to have help with chores and and such. So yeah, um, and we were grateful. Um, by way of background, this girl actually had another internship arranged through a university. It was actually a more formal internship than we normally do, but it was within medicine, which is sometimes hard for interns to get arranged. So we had agreed to help support her with this paid-for internship through Emory University, and literally the Friday before the Monday it was supposed to start, it was canceled. So I called your mom. Yeah, and it's symbiotic. Um, If anybody wants to host an intern, if anybody, if any interns, uh, you know, I I think it's a challenging experience to live with a host family, um, and it's, it's hard to be a host family when you're a busy person. Um, but that is a great way of like bridging the gap and learning uh, on both ends. So it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty and just cool. to be clear, we rarely do ask our mentors to also be hosts. This was a special occasion, two week internship that was kind of very last minute and we really didn't have a lot of choices but generally we ask the mentors to mentor our kids and then we figure out housing on our own we don't want to ask too much of one person because it's such a gift right i mean didn't your mentors work so hard to help find things for you to do i was just gonna say that like my mentor was like my best friend when i was out there (laughs) my mentor was my best friend yeah like like he and i both share like this love of philosophy like that's what he actually got his degree in even though he's Mm -hmm. now working at like an architectural engineering firm which is pretty odd but he got his degree in philosophy and we would just take long car trips together for field visits and we would just talk for hours on end and it was actually just a really really nice experience i had a very similar experience um my mentor and i would just stroll around dartmouth and just like go grab bites to eat and it was it was very funny because there was uh always things to talk about which was yeah. amazing 
You know what I think is so valuable is when grown-ups who are not your family take an interest mm-hmm. in you as a human exactly. being when you're a developing teenager. I think that is so important because then you really can share what you're thinking with other people. And if they listen to you, then you realize maybe your thoughts are of value in a way that you maybe hadn't hadn't kind of like put that, uh, you know, put that together with before. I did get a text from Wiley Holbrook who says there's 400,000 African elephants in the world and 130,000 of them are in Botswana. So indeed, one third of the world's African elephants are in Botswana. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Cool fact. Yeah. Are we going to run out of time soon, Gavin? Should we ask these gentlemen for their final thoughts? I think that... uh, Final thoughts are great, and and we've heard Wiley's, which were perfectly (laughs) STEM-related. I love it. A little math. Um, A little uh, ecological puzzle there. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else before we play the outro? And uh, thank you. um, uh, Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Of course, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much to Pinhead and Sarah. And mm-hmm. I, I am not Sarah's son, yet I agree <laughs> with everything that Wiley was saying. Sarah does work really hard in the whole Pinhead team, everybody on the Pinhead committee. Um, and it is really great. I mean, I think even if you're not sure you know what you want to do, just go ahead and apply. And yeah. if you have money and you're not a kid, then go ahead and donate because yeah. it's an awesome program. Wow. Yeah, exactly like what John said, because even, even after applying, you totally gain like so many skills that you never knew you needed just about like working in a professional environment and just like acting in the real world it, it helps you so much and thank you Sarah and the whole Pinhead uh, board just for helping me out with everything oh, I do have a fabulous Pinhead so board for sure and thank you Kodo yeah. thank you Kodo thank you Kodo thank you Gavin thanks listeners this has been the off the record for Tuesday September 20th um, and coming up now at 7pm we have Pow Surf Radio All right, thanks for tuning in. To Off the Record, opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment, and in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the Record.